Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. others and I want you to work in me. Lord, draw me close to you. Thy will be done. Good afternoon and welcome to our noonday service today. Glad to see you on the line and I hope that the word will inspire you, edify, encourage you, and take you a little bit higher. Let us begin in prayer. Father God, we come again thanking you and praising you. For above you, there is no other. We thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives, our great creator. But not not only our creator, Lord, you love us. You love us with an unbridled love that we can never match in our own lives. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for our sins, those things that we have committed against you, either knowingly or unknowingly, Lord. We ask you to forgive us and bring us back into right relationship with you. We thank you for all you have done, and we ask right now that you would fill us up with your word. Give us knowledge and wisdom 
Let your Holy Spirit come into this place, Lord, and speak through me that your people may be edified. We pray for those that are sick among us, Lord. You know who they are. We call the name of Reverend Charles Purnell today and his wife, Sister Mildred Purnell. We call the name of Sister Lucy Robinson. Lord, we call the name of Sister Georgia McKinnon and Sister Marie Adams, Sister Gussie Fox, and Lord, the Marie family of Sister Strong today. We ask that you be with them and cover them. And Lord, so many others whose names we don't know to call, but we thank you. We praise you because we know you know. And we just ask you to be with all of us as we go through our daily lives trying to be the people that you would have us to be. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen today, everybody. The word is coming from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 2. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning at verse 8, verses 8 through 14. And this is what it says. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, It was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. I'd like to use for a subject 
this noonday. The subject is greater. Yes, greater. Wherever you are, say that. Greater. Elijah, arguably, was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. The only one taken up into heaven without seeing death. But Elisha followed behind him in leadership. And he too was a very powerful prophet. Were they alive today, there would probably be numerous conversations about who is the greater man. But the word of God teaches us not to worry about things like that. Because we know that no matter how much a human being accomplishes, it is only by the grace of God. Because as much as we would like to take credit for what we do, we know that God is the force behind all we are, all we have, all we do. Both men, Elijah and Elisha, served God and God's people in their lifetime and brought honor and glory to God. Sometimes we tend to feel like someone else has a monopoly on greatness. When we look at the great heroes of the Bible and the great men and women of our day, uh, my parents' generation has been called the greatest generation. Yes, they were great. And there have been many great people. They did it. They achieved greatness. And we may think we're not that capable, not that smart, not that talented. But what we come to realize, what we should come to realize, is that God has enough greatness for all of us to take part. And we can see that today in this story of Elijah and Elisha. This story reads more like a fantastic Hollywood script than a true real life account that it is. But this all happened. Let's like take a look at Elijah. As a prophet, he accurately predicted the beginning and the end of a three-year drought. He was used by God to bring back a dead child to his mother. He represented God in a dazzling way on Mount Carmel with fire and water in a showdown with the false prophets and priests of Baal and Asherah. He appeared with Moses and Jesus in the transfiguration scene of the New Testament. And that's not even all he did. God was with him in the miraculous and the dazzling and the fantastic. And he was with him in the small 
quiet moments of his life. But today's lesson is really about his successor, Elisha. It isn't very often that the new leader is just as effective as the last one was. But this was the case with Elisha. So how did he do it? How was he able to accomplish as much and perhaps even more in the kingdom than the great prophet Elijah? Well, he was willing to follow and learn. And he was with his great teacher right up until the very last moments of his life, of Elijah's, of, of Elijah's life. When we look at the text, we see that Elijah had said to Elisha, he said, what can I do for you? In other words, I'm about to leave. I'm about to, 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 to not be in charge anymore, not be here. What are your goals and your aspirations in life? What is it that you want to do? What do you want to get out of life? And curiously, Elisha said to him, I want a double portion of your spirit to be upon me. What is he talking about? He was asking to continue Elijah's work to be his successor as leader of the prophets. And he was also speaking of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that was working through Elijah. He wanted even more of the Spirit of God working through him. That's it. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for power or status. He knew and understood what really made the difference in the life of Elijah. You know, one of the greatest things that we can learn is just what to ask in time of need. And that comes from prayer and communication with God. That's what it comes from. Solomon asked for wisdom. Nehemiah asked for permission and resources. Elisha asked for a double portion of God's spirit. Did he get what he asked for? You bet he did. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. When he asked what he asked for was not Elijah's, in, in Elijah's power to give him. Elijah couldn't give it to him. Only God could deliver what Elisha had asked for. But Elijah told him how he would know if his request was granted. He said, you have asked a hard thing. Not hard for God, but it was going to be hard for Elisha. 
You don't just take on that kind of responsibility and think it's going to be easy. You know, sometimes we don't know what we're asking for. And thank God he often says no. When I first got married, I knew that my husband had twin brothers. And I thought I wanted twins, even prayed for twins. It wasn't until I became pregnant with one child that I realized the magnitude of what I had been asking for. But God knew. But thank God Elisha knew what he was asking for. Elijah said to him, If you are with me and see me when I am taken up, it will be granted. But if not, you will not receive what you have asked for. Why was this so important? In other words, he was saying, you must be a close disciple. Watch what I do. Do what I do. If you are this close, then it will come to pass. Remember when Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This is the same type of thing. Elisha was a close disciple of Elijah. He watched him. He paid attention to what he did and how he did it. So much so that we see that he raised a boy from the dead in 2 Kings chapter 4, nearly identical to the way Elijah raised a dead boy in 1 Kings 17. Also, in 2 Kings 4, Elisha multiplied the widow's oil. Like in 1 Kings 17, Elijah multiplied the widow's food. We saw that both men struck the water with the mantle. And in both cases, the Jordan River parted. And just what was the mantle? Well, it was the thick scarf that Elijah had worn around his neck and used for protection, covering his face and his neck. But it represented the symbol of authority that Elijah was passing on. The gift of God's call. The mantle was a symbolic representative of purpose in the case of the prophets showing that they were wrapped in God's authority. So we see that Elisha got his wish and went on to become a great prophet, very similar to his predecessor. Now, what are the lessons here for us that we should apply to our lives? The first thing is keep your motives pure and godly, free from selfish desires. Elisha's motives were right. He wanted a double portion so that he could use it to be a source 
of honor and greatness to God and that he could serve the people. He had the right motive, the right desire. The second thing is preparation is key. Pay attention, be alert. An effective replacement not only learns from his master, but he also builds on his achievements. Elisha paid attention to Elijah. What he said, what he did, how he did what he did. He followed and watched and imitated what had worked for Elijah. And sometimes we find that we, we, we think we know it all. We don't need to follow behind other people. Well, I got this. We don't even want to follow behind what God tells us to do and be obedient. I got this, God. In other words, we're saying to God, we, I don't need you. I know what I'm doing, but that's a huge mistake because we don't have it, because we don't know. So we keep our motives pure, make sure we're prepared. And then the third thing is know the God of the universe for yourself. Not know of him. Elisha walked with Elijah's God. It was Elijah's God, but it was also, he was also Elisha's God. He knew God for himself. Reverend Hamilton used to always say, Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child who has his own, his own relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we need. The title for today's sermon is Greater. Greater. Over the years, I have noticed a trend that when churches reach a milestone and they want to indicate that they've grown, they've gotten better, they add greater to their name. Greater Mount Zion, Greater Bethel, Greater St. Paul. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said to his disciples, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. It should be the desire of all of us to do better and be greater. Let's all ask for a double portion of God's Holy Spirit today to do greater works for the Lord, to serve God's people. Because you see, in God's eyes, there is one measure of greatness. And that is our willingness 
to serve. If you want to be a great leader, if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all others. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. Desire to be greater. God bless you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you today for the example of the great prophet Elijah in all that he did, even in his weakness, in, in his depression, in his anxiety. We see that he held on to you and you lifted him up. And then, Lord, he was able to influence another great leader, Elisha, who didn't find it too great of an impersonation for him to be like Elijah, for him to ask for a double portion of his spirit. Lord, as we look around today and we think back over the great leaders that have been in our lives, the great heroes of the Bible, we ask that you would also allow us to do great things. Not because we're selfish and we want accolades for ourselves, but Lord, because we love you and we want to be obedient and because you have said that we can do greater things. We thank you, Lord, what you're doing in the midst of us. We ask that you would lead us and guide us. Show us what we can do, what we should do. Be with us. We thank you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being present on today. It's so wonderful to have your support. And I hope the word has encouraged you that wherever you are, let your light shine. Let your light shine. It only takes a little bit of light to dispel the darkness. And maybe God has you where you are because you're his light. So stand up, be willing to serve, and let the greatness of God shine through you today and every day. God bless you. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you.